Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everyone and welcome to the uh, the latest of the Royal Blue podcasts uh, as we are on the eve of the season Everton kickoff against Spurs. Um, we're obviously struggling to talk about things this week. No, <laughs> nothing's happened. No, obviously it's been the uh, the busiest week of the summer, certainly since Ronald Koeman's appointment was announced. So a lot to get stuck into. Um, obviously it's myself, Phil Kirkbride, and we're joined by the Ashley Williams of Stats, Gab Buckland, <laughs> and the uh, Lamine Kone of uh, of betting tips, Tony Scott. Uh, Greg O'Keefe is not with us today, and don't worry, no, he's uh, he's not handed in a transfer request. He's on his holiday, so he'll be back next week. Um, Gents, start with you, Gavin, and I think you know we're probably best going in kind of chronological order, so to speak, the best way of dealing things. And the news about John Stones, obviously, the inevitable happened Tuesday morning at around 11 a.m. His multi-million pound transfer to Manchester City was complete. We won't dwell on John too much, you know. We've spoken at length about him, but what was your feelings now? That the deal's been done. Um, certainly a bit more relaxed about it than what it was have been 12 months ago. Bear in mind um, what's happened. In the 12 months to both the club and, and to Stones himself, to be honest with you, you, you last season, as we know, I struggled a little bit. It was it was noticeable for, for me. Um, everybody's been saying about the transfer, you know, we, we mentioned it ourselves, the transfer fees have gone up, you know, a lot during the summer um, compared to 12 months previously. But the price paid for Stones was roughly the same as what was quoted 12 months ago, mm-hmm. which indicates to me that in that time people have just reassessed what, what his value is and maybe what his potential is based on last season and, and, and accordingly of, you know, sort of in real terms have probably lowered his price compared mm-hmm. to what was uh, what's going on elsewhere. That was my first thing. And the second thing is if he wants to go and, um, you know, um, then I, I see no reason why, you know, we should be crying over it to be honest with you I think also as well I think something with financial fair players and about getting some income into the club means mm. we can we can spend a little bit more so for a for, for club player and for, for Manchester City it makes a lot of sense so uh, you know that move on and get some new players in Tony you were obviously very much against the sale of John you made that clear throughout the summer in these in the, in the various podcasts we did but are you now kind of in the mindset of look we've got to accept it let's move on or yeah, as soon as the soon the deal took place and you see him in a Manchester City city, so it dawns on you that it's happened now and you've got to try and move on with it. But as I alluded to earlier on the summer, I just think it's even though we've got a huge amount of money for him, it's a world record, forty seven and a half million leading up to fifty million, I think it goes against the grain of what Everton are trying to do this summer. You can't I think Ronald Koeman alluded to in his first press conference, you don't sell your best players. And I can understand yet he wants to go and Listen, we can't do anything against Manchester City's money compared to what we've got, but it goes against the grain of what we're trying to do. And I understand, yeah, he's gone, but I'm still not accepting that we shouldn't be selling our best players either way. Now, we we, we don't need to because we've got the money. I'd must prefer John Stones because he's, he's one of the best players 
in the country. That's why he's being sold for forty-seven and a half million. There's a reason behind that. There's a reason why Guardiola wants him. There's a reason why Jose Mourinho wants him. That tells you everything in itself. I think he's a fantastic player, and he will go on to be a world-class player. I think we, I'd love to have kept him, but as I can see, the two sides of the story where forty-seven and a half million—it's it's a bit of a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Um, Gav, just finally then on John, and, and Tony is right. We do. I think we're all in agreement that he will go on to be an excellent player. But in a kind of sort of not ironic twist, but kind of is the reality that in many respects, Everton are in a position where they don't need potential at the centre half this season, and they need proven. And is that why yeah. he's gone and got Ashley Williams, and he's hoping to get uh, Lamine Kone? Absolutely. I don't think we can afford another season defensively like last season. Um, we need to be bring new blood in. Uh, that's experienced, and uh, you know we may speak about new signs later. It's just something that needed a quick fix. Um, you're paying for potential with Stone, still aren't you? Though you know we still at the moment, you know, a, you know a good a good player, very good player. Still not good enough to get to play for England mm. in the Euros, but you're paying for the potential like you're talking about there, mm. there Tony. Uh, so I think it needs a quick fix, and it brings money in, and um, it will enable us to to bring, you know. Um, not potential technical players, players who, you know, certainly in Williams' case, is an international class defender in the here and now, uh, which is what we want, and as a leader, which is what we want. Phil, do you think this sends a bit of a bad message out that Everton selling the best, one of the best players, or it's a case of there's a guy here who wants to go, just bite the bullet, sell him for the most amount of money, and then accept it and move on? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think you know we, we've been over this, haven't we? In the fact that if John didn't want to go and City came in for him and he wasn't particularly sort of agitating for a move. Mm. I don't. Th- I think it's a completely different situation. I think Everton go, no thanks, we'll keep him, you know. Um, but, you know, clearly Ronald was going to try and bolster the defence anyway with the type of player that Williams is and that Kone is. So, you know, I still think surgery was, was required anyway, whether or not John stayed. But um, he didn't want to, nobody wanted to lose him. But, you know, he's not been himself for 12 months. Mm. He's wanted to go for 12 months. Um, and they obviously... Settled on on a, on a fee and a deal that Everton felt was acceptable. Um, Do you think in hindsight he may have flourished even more under Ronald Koeman? To be honest with you, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, it, mm. it's, it's, if he wants to flourish, feels he can flourish under Pep Guardiola. Fine. I mean, but I'd rather have somebody who wants to play for us rather than somebody who wants to play for, for Manchester City. I mean, whatever happens to him now, it's interesting to see whether you've got a sell-on clause, by the way. We want something in the head now. It goes back to Phil's point before: is we want experienced defenders who know what to do in a Premier League level, um, in the sense of defence, and who are you know, obviously the same qualities with Williams as well. And I think the whole the whole week has gone so far as being reasonably positive from from where I am sitting. And Williams, as as Gav alludes to, there Tony ticks a lot of those boxes. Experience knows the Premier League, rarely injured, a leader, captain. Are you, you know, obviously he's not he's not a direct replacement for John. You know, it, it's they're filling the gaps. So, in terms of his arrival, are you, how pleased are you? I'm very pleased. I think it's an ideal situation. Whatever I'm looking for as a player on the pitch as well as off it. He's a captain, material If you come into straight away, and I spoke, I've seen a lot of Evertonians straight away, and they've come out with I'd make him captain straight away, which obviously is a different scenario regarding to Phil Jagielka. But he's got that about him, hasn't he? Ashley Williams. He can organise the defence. He's a leader. His clearances and um, blocking interceptions are up there with the very best. The stats speak for themselves. He has a good Euros. 
and the Swansea fans, especially on the social media, they were coming on speaking about how highly they rate him, and he's everyone's touching on that oh, he's thirty-one now, but this is a player who's got better and better each year, yeah. and he's only got to improve that. Obviously, and he, it was interesting that Ashley Williams alluded to Ronald Koeman. He's looking forward to working alongside Ronald Koeman, which helps. But for me, it's a quick fix. I agree with what Gav's saying. It's something that Everton needs on and off the pitch. And yeah, it's it's a really good sign, especially for the money. Nine million now is really button. So it's a great yeah. sign for Everton. Gavin, because it's a quick fix, are you therefore not concerned about the fact that he turns 32 later this month? No, no, I'm not. Um, I'm surprised. <laughs> Bear in mind, as we said on the podcast, football is a game, a very short-term game. I'm surprised there's not a lot more quick fixes in the game than mm. what there is, to be honest with you, especially for defenders. And I think he's certainly got two or three years in him. Um, and, you know, the key thing is when he gets to 32 with his injuries, is, but, you know, it's one thing being 32, another thing being 22, the impact of injuries on you. Um, if, he, if he stays, in, you know, injury-free over the next two or three years, we've been going to get an interna- international-class defender in that, that period. I mean, the other thing I'd say about Williams is not everybody, but people say, well, hang on, we've sold Stones, a promising defender, and bought Williams as a replacement. I don't think that... That to me is the is the deal, is it really? No. It, it's Stones is there to bring in money, of which we'll replace with two central mm. defenders and maybe another, you know, another player elsewhere. Um, and it, I, for a long time, I think Tony, know probably know a little bit more from speaking to people, but I can think of very few signs we've had recently where everybody appears to be unanimous yeah. agreement yeah, that agree. that's a good deal. Mm. And then if you buy for somebody who's 32, he must be a good player at 32 for everybody to think he's a good deal. Yeah. I think it's interesting that if you're looking at the current back four Everson have had recently, they were all bought young with a huge sell-on value, wasn't it? You've got Leighton Baines, Seamus Coleman, Funes Molly, Phil Jagielka. They were all bought relatively young and they had a sell-on value. Ashley Williams doesn't go along with that, does it? Why is that a huge difference? Well, it isn't, because if you're only buying for £9 million, it doesn't doesn't really matter, does mm. it really? If you, get, if you get two or three years, I was with somebody for £9 million transfer, it's like £3 million a year, no, you've got your wages on yeah. top, but that's the way I look at it. Um, and, I, I, and it's also the experience that he brings to other players who are coming through, like Holgate and people like yeah. that. So there's a, there's a whole host of things there, isn't it, that's just, just not uh, about your ability as a centre-half that he brings to the club. So, and if he leaves at 35, 36 for nothing to, to do a year elsewhere, that, that's it. Do you think this is a similar resemblance for when we sold Julian Lescott and brought in Sylvain Distan? I like to get two or three years old. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good analogy and a good comparison. And I think that it's probably worth noting, you know, and people have said Steve Walsh has come in and he's this this transfer guru who goes bargain hunting. Why are we, you know, why are we spending, you know, that money on on the thirty two year old? Why are we looking to spend eighteen million on a on a on on Kone from Sunderland? It's a lot of money. Where's these five or six million pound gems? But I think that's the reality of where Everton are. They're playing mm. catch-up now and yeah. they need to play catch-up and make significant progress in their finishing position this season, don't they, before yeah. they can start building a foundation, a base to then bring these fellas in because they can't be going into the transfer market and buying a £4 million unknown from France who might not work because yeah. that's making backward steps, isn't it? You've got to have Premier League-proven players and it's interesting, isn't it? You've got Guy away and Williams. It obviously looks like Balassi and Kone as well, so you can and see straight away. And Stecklenburg, they're all Premier League proven. Yeah. And then you may come into the January transfer window where he may go for that yeah. marquee player. Where he, he may. Well, yeah. I mean, going back to the the this standpoint, what I would say, I think Williams is a better player at this stand at, at mm. this at the same age mm. in terms of their their ability. Well, Williams international ability for the start. So I think it's a better better deal. Okay, we paid a little bit more money, but I think they're both thirty two, mm. same age. I think it's a better deal. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's, uh, as it's panned out, is I think Koeman's approach appears to be looking at the team that he's inherited. Where are the weak points, mm. which we all know? Yeah. Central defence, left wing, player in front of the, the, uh, the two centre-halves. Where are the weak points in the squad and address them immediately and, and the goalkeeper? Albeit that there may be some movements on that. So I think that's a pretty wise move. And I don't think it will be in anybody's favour for us to go and spend a load of money in this transfer window. And, and with it being a bit of a gamble attached to mm. it. And, you know, getting players and then, you know, like Spurs, having to uh, shift them out 12 months later because yeah. they have cut the mustard. But, you know, what they did with the bail money. Mm. Yeah, I had a conversation with Everton fan earlier today and they said, well, you know, we, we're led to believe he's, the, the manager's got £100 million to spend. Tony, would you be confident and, and would you be happy with if Ronald Koeman kept some of this powder dry, so to speak, and then and didn't actually splash all of the cash that was available to him in this window? Definitely. It, it, it makes sense. Why just go out there and blow money for the sake of it, just to please a couple of fans for six or seven games of the, the window? It doesn't add up to me. It, like I was saying... What would you go with Stecklenberg to start off with? And that that's the number one question for me. Does he go with him or does he go out and buy a goalkeeper? For me, if 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 there's no value out there with another goalkeeper, then keep your powders I for January and then maybe a job may, may become available in January. But, or Steve Walsh has worked his magic. Exactly, and, and go yeah. find another goalkeeper elsewhere. But don't just be blowing money for the sake of it because we've got it. That doesn't mean you do that. As I said, the players with the extra value may come, come on the market in January or even next summer. No points in it. I think it's important that you keep your powder dry. And if the bargain just come about, so be it. Which is interesting. It takes us on to co- that Coney from Sunderland. I'll be honest, I didn't see much of him last season. But according to all the Sunderland fans, they absolutely idolised him. They thought he was one of the main reasons why Sunderland stayed up last season. I think 17, 18 million for the centre-half. You're looking, you're going, Listen, I, don't, I don't really know much about him, but he's going to come in. But the interesting thing for me is that Kone and Williams, they're both signed straight away for, you've got 9 million and 18 million, say. They're going to be two shoe-ins, surely, that leave Jack Gilker and Murray on the subject. Well, it's an interesting point. What do, you, what do you think, Phil, in terms of tactics then, like in terms of how you would set up, you know, because obviously 3-5-2 has been his preferred, mm. on occasions, mm. preferred option. Yeah. Do you think, do his, th- his spending patterns indicate that's the way he wants to play it? Look, we'll, we'll 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 obviously know for certain as the season progresses and we understand Cumin and how he's going to operate. But I, the the impression I get from speaking from people in Southampton and and Feyenoord from his time there is that against the big boys, i.e. Manchester United, and I actually think maybe against Spurs tomorrow. By the way, given the injury situation and etc., which we'll come on to, he'll play three at the back, three five two. He'll make them solid, hard to beat, and he'll use the pace of Rom and maybe Balassi as the outlet, and that's how we'll play against the tough teams. But going forward against teams who we feel we should be beating nine times out of ten, especially at home, I think he... No, I asked him about 4-2-3-1. He actually corrected me and said, no, it's 4-3-3. So, you know, there's subtleties, isn't there, in the way he wants to play? But I think that's how he'll play 85% of the time. But against you know, maybe your Chelsea, your Cities, etc., where you're not going to have a lot mm. more, he'll play 3-5-2. And that's why he said this week, and yesterday his press conference, which was really interesting that he wants four centre-halves. Now, Roberto, you know, look, we're not trying to, you know, go over all ground and just because he's gone, hammer him and stuff. But I remember asking him at this stage last season, I said, Roberto, you, you, you're going to get four centre-halves to start the season, is that right? And he said, oh, no, I only need three. So it's an interesting change in thinking, isn't it, that 
Ronald Koeman has been absolutely insistent he wants four centre-halves. That's senior centre-halves as well. Which, uh, which begs the question then, he hasn't mentioned anything about a right-back, has he? Well, Which sort of dictates to me that he does like that formation of the 3-5-2, which sort of tells you that if he's obsessed with getting these four centre-halves, why isn't he getting a cover for Seamus Coleman? Well, I was having this very discussion, and, and, and you two can interject in this discussion today with one of the lads in the office, and they, said, they asked the same question. I said, well, putting two and two together, I wonder if he's, he's seen enough of Mason Holgate and gone, you know, at least until January, mm. maybe for the season, he will provide adequate cover for me in that position. He's played a lot of games in pre-season. Yeah, hasn't yeah, he? yeah, and I, I think that that's wise. I mean, I think Williams Williams has played like three five two for Wales, hasn't he? So yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's a it's a it's a setup that he's familiar with, uh, and I quite like three five two. But you've got to get the, the two the two on the the flanks of your three. That'd be quite quite quick, haven't he? Well, I think if uh, Jaggy's you know, fit, he would probably fit the bill on that side, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't, it depends whether we got because as I say, if if you play three five two, would it make sense for Jags to be the centre one? Mm, maybe because yeah. you two have to be quite quite quick on mm. the outside because they're going to be covering space to the wings when yeah. when, when you when you uh, when when so your wing backs that... go forward. So you you two on you two outside ones in the three ten should be your two faster quickest, yeah. quickest mm. ones to make sense. Because you don't want Jags. So they they may have to cover. Yeah, wide. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, why. That so, area. so it'd be interesting to see because. Williams, I think, probably would probably play for Wales as the middle middle one, mm-hmm. which is the more dom the more dominant. Yeah, Jack Gilker and Cole. Was that there where the Jacks fit into that three? Bear in mind his age and his fitness at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting. Well, again, that bec- therefore, if you know, if that's something he's going to look at, and and if he has concerns about any concerns about Jags, and we don't know if he does, then the onus is back on Funes Mori as the naturally left footed player. That, that, that's you know. So to me, if I was looking at it, I'd be saying Funes Mori. Left hand side, Williams in the middle or Jags, whichever Williams mm. say, and on the right is you would want a younger, you know, fitted there. I say you know, centre half to fill the, the right hand one mm. of the of the three, and does Kone fit that better, or does Kone is he the type of defender that needs to play four at the back, yeah, cover either side of him, he heads it, he kicks it, he clears yeah, it, he doesn't mess yeah. about. I, I think what I'm saying is I think Jags is more comfortable. Where there's two centre halves and two full backs than in a three, mm. bearing in mind his age and his experience, because I don't think Jack would have played three, three at the back too many, too many times. Mm. And so it, it's an interesting to see mm. how his tactics dictate which plays he selects in, in, in at the back. It will be interesting then. Again, we just mentioned Holgate there because he's had a, it's been disputed at Southampton his, his um, record in promoting youth players, but certainly at Feyenoord he wasn't scared to use young players in key positions like that. So. Maybe there's an opportunity going forward for Mason Holgate to say, "Well, I'll be your right-hand side of that three, You know. Yeah. Where does this leave Galloway at the moment? Then, do you think? Uh, but from the way I understand it, as we sit here on Friday afternoon, is that Brendan is still going to go to Newcastle on loan. Yeah. But I think the delay in getting Kone in probably means he might be in the squad tomorrow. Yeah. So it might go through next week because mm-hmm. obviously, again, going back to the fact that Ronald wants four centre half. So tomorrow, squad will be Funes, Mori, Jags, and then the other two you're looking at there would be. Galloway and Holgate, Holgate effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's an ideal Wales, he'd want that. Was he? Because Pennington's injured, of course. You see, so I guess Galloway is going to be kept until Coney's through yeah. the door. You see. Yeah. So it's interesting. So in terms of we've, we've done that, haven't we? So the other one this week, which I think's come up, is is Balassi, isn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. Which is yeah a player who's. Um, 
I'd play him. I'd sorry, I'd play him by him just to stop us terrorised. Us, here's a quick one for you, there, Gavin. One word, and I'll say it to you, Tony. So in one word, describe Yannick Balassi from your point of view. Uh, unpredictable, Tony. Erratic. Yeah, I would have said inconsistent, yeah. but that's only the impression we get. And as you say, Goodison every year sells Parky terrorises us. So. And Anfield. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe something in the water. Up there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just buy him just purposely for the messy side. <laughs> yeah. So what's you know it's a lot of money, but then the market's obviously inflated. So we take that into consideration. Are you are you excited? Intrigued? Concerned that we are trying to buy Yannick Balassi for that amount of money? Um, it's a good question. Um, I don't know at this stage. I've, I've given this a lot of thought because um, he's 26, 27, Balassi, isn't he? So he's yeah. not a player that who's in his early 20s that you can, you've got something to work with and mould. And he's had a, he's really entered his peak years where what you see is what you're going to get from You've him. You've been really. asking for 27-year-olds, though. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Well, she must be on the phone to yeah. on a Friday night. Listen, listen to the podcast. I think obviously, got on, got on the job with uh, Evan, you know. But so I think, to me, what I like about it, the dress is an obvious weakness in the team that must be in there since PNR sort of started, you know, becoming injured all the time. That's the left hand side. So I think that's a good thing. As the second good thing, it brings much needed genuine pace, which we've not had for a while. And the third thing is this. Maybe like looking at it about playing a little bit deeper and using the ball over the top a little bit more, which we've tried to use to for, to Lukaku. But I think having Balassi gives us a few more more options. Uh, and you know, you can't complain about the manager should spend money when they start spending money. You say, well, that's not they're yeah. no good or whatever. Like so, you can't have it both ways as a supporter. So I think it would be an exciting but um, you know interesting signing if he comes through the door. Tony Gavalluzzi, I was going to ask you, you know, one thing that nobody can dispute about Yannick Balassi, you know, he's, he can be inconsistent, he can be mesmerising one minute, look rubbish the next. Yeah. But one thing he has got, as Gav said, is genuine pace. Can you see a situation, we spoke about tactics before, and seeing us going away from home at Old Trafford, and I don't know, the Etihad, and, and we're using him as an outlet. Is that something you would want to see? Yeah, we, we, we've alluded to that. Previous times, I think under Roberto Martinez's first season, Evan were great to watch on the counter attack, wasn't he? They, were, they played some great football. For this one, Balassi, for me, it's an intriguing signing on the basis of that. Where, where was he playing on the wing? We, we've just well, been that, touching yeah. on the three-five-two situation. So, where does he fit in in that? Does he play him up front with Rom? Well, this is the thing. Does, yeah. Is that what he does? Does he? You know, obviously, because if you're playing them three centre yeah. halves, you've got Baines and Coleman. Yeah, yeah. Where does exactly. where, where does he fit? Does he, yeah. Do, yeah, now, does if you're he paying plays? 25, 30 million for a player, obviously he's starting. Where, the, well, where does, does he, he play in that? Does he, there play, you know, if we go, sorry, to hark back to Old Trafford and Wayne Rooney's testimonial, does he play where Dale Feu played? Effectively, just behind the striker, as, the, as helping with an outlet, drops in when needed, mm. but genuine kind you, of yeah. blistering. You can place. just keep him on the halfway line and just. But, but this is another thing because Ronald has said, you know, said to us uh, this week, and we put it in the paper today, it was online yesterday, that he's still looking for a striker as well. And I think, well, you know, is this just about options? Yeah, well, I think it is because, as you say, he's not going to play three-five-two every no. every game. Uh, I think playing Balassi down the middle or there or thereabouts, you've got to receive the ball into feet to mm. get you back to goal, which is a different way of playing than play, if you're playing on the on on the the wide area. So it addresses a, a 
you know an option that we've needed for a while on the left hand side. How we choose to fit that into mm. the tactics, I think Ronald will know that, won't he? Yeah. I think uh, this is more Steve Walsh more than Ronald Koeman more than anything. I'm looking at and you've got Ashley Williams. He wouldn't look out of place in Leicester's back four, would he? The way they defend. No, he's a West Morgan type. Yeah, yeah West yeah, Morgan yeah, type. Yeah. Clear your lines, get rid yeah. of it. And you're looking at just a guy who's N'Golo Kante all over, isn't he? The way he goes and gets the ball. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's got Balassi in the same mould as Jamie Vardy. If you just stay on the halfway line, we'll boot it forward, lad, and you just get on your toes. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the way they were shooed in for Leicester City this season. Well, if you look at what was missing in the final stages of, of Everton last season, we had Rom, And effectively, with the greatest will in the world, we had Nias and Coney, but they weren't going to scratch the either had injury problems or they were out of form. So, if Ronald has looked at that situation and gone, yeah, I agree, you need three forward slash support strikers. I want to keep Rom. We'll bring in Balassi and another. Yeah. Makes sense. We're just away to that leave Telefeu, Morales, Lennon. Well, <laughs> Fighting for the place, part of the squad. We, we're at home against, um, I don't know, Watford next week. Playing four three three. Jerry, you proved to me you start on the right hand side. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think you could keep the three of them: Lennon, Delafeu, Amaral. It's an interesting point that they've still got McGee. It's McGee. Yeah, not giving the squad numbers. So, yeah, so, so I mean, I think Walsh was close to the saying that he'd looked at Balassi for Leicester, yes. and if, he, if he'd stayed, yeah. this is what, what you're saying. It's probably true there. Um, it just addresses. Uh, a big gap in the team that's been there for a while for me, so mm. therefore I welcome Balassi. And I think it'll probably frustrate and have you tearing your hair out for occasions, do something or have a game you go. That was well worth it, that, but, you know. But you, but then, absolutely agree, but then you'll think about, I think, was it, was it Goodison last season in the 1 or was it December time? Really tight game. I, th- I remember every time he got the ball in the second half of the game, it opened up because we were chasing it because Scott Dan had scored. Every time he got the ball, I was petrified. Yeah. And you just think he's got to, something's going to happen. I think we probably had a few near misses if you watch that game back. I think it's one that Chambers Coleman would be glad that he signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's done yeah. him on a numerous yeah. occasions, hasn't he? I think he told Greg a few times up on an interview that he's, he's the most difficult opponent he's ever faced in the Premier League. You can see straight away, especially that Goodson Barney. He yeah. just tore the backside down on him. The good thing, what I like, and sometimes you don't want to. You know, sometimes you can do too much in this, but everybody says he's a top lad by the mm. sounds, but as well, don't they? Mm. Well, he's so, another one. If, you, if you're looking at Ashley Williams's path, yeah, you know, Yannick Blassie's come from, you know, was he playing at Dagenham or Rushton and yeah. then Bristol, yeah. except Plymouth and all that sort of stuff. So he's had a grounding, hasn't he? And yeah. maybe he had to really work for his his uh, his progression. And that's um, not not a bad thing. No, absolutely not. I, you know, people talk about character, and the previous manager did, but you know, I think it's, it's new. Sorry, Phil. I think they, they touch on Bristol City as well. They get some kind. I think mm, they 15. get like. Fo- 15% the same yeah. as the John Stone situation we got yeah. into Barnsley. So, so the, the price has probably been hiked up a touch because of that, because, because Palace still want to get what they feel. Definitely. So, definitely. so like we spoke about our options up front, and as you say, Phil, you said that Ronald, uh, he's been there longer off now, you can call him Ronald, can't <laughs> he, you know, is talking about another striker. Mm. I mean, what do you think, if we did go for another striker, what type of striker would you be? Would you look for, if you say brought it, assuming Balassi came in. What type is it? Like a smaller mobile striker, or is it somebody like Lukaku? Or mm. what, what, do you, what do you think he'd be looking for? Me personally, for? I'd go for the a type of an Eden Zeho. I think he'd be suited for someone to hold the ball up. Everton haven't got that. If the backs against the wall, 1 0 up in the cup, Eden Zeho, get that ball to you, hold that ball. Everton haven't got that. Rom's great, his older plays, it's, it's improved. 
but it's nowhere near what it should be to be an all-round centre-forward. I think Everton needs that striker to hold the ball up and it's suited to the way they play. It just comes straight back half the time. And I'm not having a go at Ron because half the time last season, the ball was getting knocked up to him. There was three, set, three defenders around him and Barkley was the nearest player forward to him and he was about 30 yards down the pitch. So I think it would be an ideal situation for me if there was a sign of centre-forward. Big lads up front, holds the ball up well. I, I, I agree. Um, and if you... Look... Ronald won't be doing exactly what he did at Southampton at Everton, but it gives you an idea. If you think what he played, how he played, and the type of players he had last season up front, Pella was his, his main man. And then, I think it was in January, went and signed Charlie Austin. Mm. Now, that, to me, signals the type of secondary striker that he wants. But, with the caveat, probably, maybe, given what we said earlier, he obviously really values Premier League experience at this stage because he knows we've got to address the gap so it maybe narrows the search a little bit. So going back, similar to the Balassi question, if you if you play in three five two, you could play Ezeko type like mm. Lukaku, you know, leaving the Balassi question out of it. But if you play four two three one or four three three, can you play both Ezeko and no. Lukaku? No. So you're basically bringing a striker in, aren't you? Play second fiddle. Play, play second well, fiddle. Pella done it majority yeah. of last season. Yeah. Yeah. Just touched on then Shane Long yeah. plays up front. And then Pella was a bit power play, and then Shane Long was a bit power play. There was no out and out guaranteed starter there for Southampton last year, was there? Charlie Austin. Yeah, well, it's, just, it's just that. Um, I mean, I I would prefer a more smaller, mobile type. You know, Hernandez is like a poacher type. Yeah, type. Jermaine Defoe type guy. Mm, right. You know, somebody who won't say fox in a box. I always think of Barry Jefferson. <laughs> you know, but. Um, you know, somebody like that, I think, which we've not had, say, probably maybe since Andy Johnson, perhaps, someone like that. I, you know, my, my counter yeah. to that, Gav, would be, right, so we start the season, we bring in that type of player. What happens when Rom gets injured? Are you confident that we we replace Rom with Aruna Kone and you still have the, 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 you know, the poacher in behind him? Do you feel we've still got that physical presence? Yeah. To, well, I mean, you've got Balassi, we spoke about Balassi. I, I, I mean... That, that's the problem, I suppose, in football. There's that many t- different t- tactical shapes they have mm-hmm. now. You end up having to have 30 players just yeah. to you know, fit all. I don't know, it's just something that we've not had, and whether a Zeko and a Lukaku type the same. Uh, are we saying from this conversation I would expect Rom to stay, by the way? Well, Everton very much defiant at this yeah. stage. Look, Ronald was pretty honest in the press conference when the yesterday, I'm sure you saw what he said, you know, with the club will do everything they can to keep mm-hmm. him, with the caveat, who knows, you know. Yeah. But I think I think the bottom line would be they would they wouldn't want to sell him, but if they felt comfortable or confident they could get a replacement replacements, yeah. then maybe. But I, th- I don't think they. Want I think they have to keep him. Yeah, yeah. Not just as a player, it, it, it's the statements that they send out. If they think, sell yeah. John Stones and Romelu Lukaku in the same window, I think all oh, that'll break loose until Everton buy well, five or six decent players with the money. I think there'd be huge pressure on Steve Walsh and Ronald Koeman to replace Rom in a short space of time. Yeah, yeah. They're giving themselves no, not a hope in hell. Well, you, look, it, you don't have to be an insider at Finch Farm mm. to understand that, that they will have had that discussion. Of course yeah. they will have done it. You assume that, I mean, what's out there realistically? How, who is out there that's going to replace 25 goals? And Premier League experience in the space again. of three weeks, you're not. It's not. There's not. It's so especially yeah, who's coming. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to Evan, but the, 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 if you're looking at it, everyone's got Everton tip for eighth, ninth rounds about that way. So, we, you're not going to get a player who scores twenty goals a season 
to sign for a team in who's expected to finish eighth or ninth, are you? That's why Chelsea won because they want to improve what they where they finished yeah. last year. You're just not gonna get that. And yeah. they're talking about Conte talking about playing Costa and Rom as a two almost, isn't it? You know, I mean, that seems to be the way forward now. A lot of you know, I was speaking to to somebody who works in sort of football, sort of globally and stuff this week, and they were saying if you go into Europe and you watch all these teams, two forwards is coming back in, and it's going to be kind of going to become part of the Premier League again soon. Yeah. So that means you know that needs another striker, and uh, it's funny. Uh, it's funny that, and I think um, we start off talking about stones and the attitude of Everton towards like somebody wants to buy stones, somebody wants to buy Lukaku. It's slightly different, aren't they? Mm. You know, in terms yeah. of going back to like, well, chose Everton the selling club by selling stones. Actually, now I look at the thing a bit wrong. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I think I think that's comforting. I think. Yeah. Um, I just hope that Rom is. Um, Fit and firing in. Well, when I asked Ronald in the tunnel on Saturday after Espanyol, he was very confident and optimistic. It was just three stitches. It wasn't yeah. doing too bad, but clearly it hasn't healed as they would have liked. I think. I think they've got to do everything to get him get him over the line, haven't they? In starting on it's Saturday, it's not if he doesn't start. Who does? Well, this again, you, you say to Aruna Kona, you 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 play up there. This is this is the problem. Or does he play De La Feu and he would look better, by the way. When he's had no defensive responsibility, I'd rather, I'd rather start with Delafeo from uh, me than Conan. Yeah, yeah, I really would. Against the Tottenham team as well, these are a good side. You're not playing against the brother of the old team. You know, you're gonna need pace up, up front. If you haven't got the power of Rom, you're gonna need pace. You're not just gonna have a Coney statue up front. Are you? I, I only go back to the Rom situation. I only hope with Rom that whatever's gone on over the summer and some of it he's instigated himself. You know, mm. by some bad agents and so maybe he's not got what he's wanted. You know, it was reflected in his attitude on the pitch. Hopefully, he takes a more positive attitude. Actually, if we want to move to a big club, I'm going to have to up. Mm. Yeah, you know, he's, he's going to still need to score yeah. twenty this season. Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't get his move I, to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I want. That's what I'd like him to have his mindset. Yeah. I'm not oh, I'm going to throw me toys out the pram here. Yeah, and, yeah you know, definitely. Um, so I just hope that that, that we get, uh, you know, the rom of, you know, pre-Christmas last season. You know, yeah, from from start of this year. Um, moving on to a subject I'm sure we can all relate to. Evans players aren't fully fit. I have never been fully fit. <laughs> yeah. um, 70% fit, Ronald Koeman says, Toe. Um, when you read that, what, what did you think? Were you like, crikey, I didn't think it was that bad. Is he playing mind games? Are they fit? I don't think Ronald Koeman plays mind games. Mm. Interesting. He looks as honest as he come when, 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 you're, um, when you're in there and you're listening to him. For me, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. We spoke about it in depth in last season, talking about the fitness of the players. They look absolutely dead on the feet after an hour. You could speak about Ross Barkley, Gerard Delafeu, did you just even the new players that were coming in straight away. But what alluded to me, me more than anything is that he went on record and said it, mm. which is more of an eye opener for me. I think if he would have kept that in in house and said, "Listen, you're only seventy percent ready here." He's nowhere near what I expected it to be. That's all well and good, but he's come out and made it public. Total opposite of the previous manager, what he would have been doing. He would have been saying to the press, listen, we're ready for Tottenham tomorrow. We're ready. I don't think Ronald Koeman's making an excuse, by the way. He's just basically being honest and telling you as it is. Listen, the players aren't fit to what they should be under my regime, and I'm telling you straight, and goes on him. He's being open, he's being honest, and it's really refreshing to see it from an Everton manager. I don't think... Gav, anybody who, who who went to Goodison on Saturday and watched the Espanyol game would have been 
under any illusions that the situation was otherwise, would they? Yeah. No, exactly. And I think, you know, going back, you know, I think he's got a bit of a free hit at the moment, hasn't he? Because it's his first season. So anything that he says about fitness, there's going to be more of a reflection on the yeah. previous manager, isn't it? Whether he says the same thing in 12 months' time when he's had the whole summer to plan himself and the previous season. He can't, like, can he? Just can't say so when he's, mm. when he's talked to compare and the previous manager, uh, compare him next season, that's mm. what he says. Mm. That's not criticism of of, of Koeman. I think, I think that's just, when you're a new manager, you've sort of got a couple of things you can say that you can't say when you've been there for two years. I remember Moise in 2008, where we had one of our normal terrible starts. I think we started off getting beat by Blackburn at home 3-2. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, he said, I think, after the game, we're not ready f- to win Premier League games at the moment. <laughs> and he was alluding to the, the, the players' fitness. And uh, he, he got pilloried for it. Well, you're the manager. You've had Do the whole summer to prepare, it, yeah. you know. And we were all starting seasons poorly. And he, he said that in public and he, he actually got hammered for it. And I was thinking about that statement yesterday mm, yeah. from, uh, from what Ronald said. Uh, but... Moyes had been in charge for six years, Ronald's only been in charge for six weeks, yeah. so I think he can get away with saying that. I don't think he'd say it next year. I don't think he'd need to say it next year, to be honest with you, because I think the players will be fit. So do you think, on some level, then, Cooman has said that, knowing that the players will have listened and, and have, have read that, and they'll have gone, I'm going to prove him wrong, I'm going to run through a brick wall against Spurs, and I'm going to prove to him that I am fit and ready to play next week against West Brom and Stoke and after the window. I can sort of see, see that method. It, what, I think what he has said as well, to make sure players that he's putting it out there, he's telling the world, he's telling everyone how fit they are. So if I'm a player and, well, and my manager says that to me, as you just touched on, you've got to go, I'm going to make sure I'm fit and I'm going to show you that I am fit. I'm gonna, as you just touched on, I'm gonna run through brick walls. I'm gonna do double sessions. I'm gonna make sure I am fit. Because if you're not fit, you'll be out the door. It's clear and simple. Phil, the only interesting comment that that came from the press conference to me, especially about the fitness, is that he touched on I would have had these players in a week ten. or ten days beforehand. Yeah. Was he sort of having a dig at the previous manager? Would you say it was? It was a veiled dig, I suppose, in the respect that look, Ronald has made no secret of the fact that he wasn't impressed with the pre-season schedule yeah. wasn't particularly impressed with those two back-to-back games in Dresden he, I think he felt it was almost a little bit of a pointless exercise because he had to change the team mm-hmm. from overnight into Friday into Saturday so he's made no secret of that and look he would have had them in earlier he said but they were, you know, the schedule was in place the players had already booked holidays whatever they already had the plans made look some were coming back from the Euros you can't help that um, so yeah, look, it is in in a way a dig at Roberto, and I think that's the first time actually, by the way, that Ronald has broken rank from that because he's almost uh, imposed a self kind of restriction on him. He, he's always said, "I'm not going to speak about Roberto." You know, he's a good mm. manager. That for me is the first time, and, it, and it's the first time the mask has slipped a little bit. Maybe he's done it on purpose, I and mean, it's consciously because throughout pre-season he's been very measured, but yeah. just slowly as we've crept nearer and nearer mm. to this game. His assessment of them has got more severe. And yeah. I think now, because it's coming down to business, he's going, I'm going to tell it how it is fully. Phil, you've you've interviewed him on numerous occasions since he came to the club. Does he look a happy man? Yeah, he, he, he doesn't... <laughs> do you know where I'm coming from? When, when, he, he, doesn't come, he doesn't look on the, on the television, he doesn't look in the press conferences when we're watching them, he doesn't look as if he's satisfied with what he's got. Yeah. First things first, he's strictly business. Mm. Um, so, you know, 
you know, I've been told, you know, look, he will, that's how he is, that's how he operates, it's business, and he's very kind of, not cold, but kind of very clinical about things. But he's got high standards, and yeah. that's why he's the new Everton manager. That's why we went and paid the compensation mm-hmm. for him, because he expects the best, and he has not seen anywhere near good enough at the you, minute. You would, ex- you would expect that, given his, his pedigree. The other thing I would say, and I don't want to allude to the, the previous man on the defender, but what 100% fit to Ronald Koeman because of the way he wants to play is not necessarily the same as the 100% to the previous manager. Koeman's style of, of play demands a high degree of fitness. The previous yeah. managers, yeah. it was Just slightly different. World, was, you know, so you're not, I'm sure that has played into it. And the, the other thing I'd say is, um, I'm sure if you polled every Premier League manager at the moment and asked them what they thought of the players' fitness, I bet you most of them would say probably the same as what, mm. what, what uh, Koeman's mm. saying. Is that I think there's a, there's a sort of feeling now within the game, isn't there? Uh, especially when they've had the championship in the summer, because of the um, the the um, trips abroad to America, Australia, mm. it's been to Australia, haven't mm. the Far East. Some, you know, some both, some clubs do both. Um, the the, tra- the transfer window being shut at the end of August. Um, you know, all the comings and goings in general. You know, else about who's coming in and who's going in the meantime. It's impossible to get all your players fit and focused by the first. First game of the season in mid-August. A more realistically to get all the players fit and focused is the first game after the international break in September. Yeah. When the a transfer window to Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, um, when all you know the transfer window's finished, you've had some sort of pre-season and a few games under your belt to, to get your match sharpnesses, uh, match sharpness working. And I think the feeling now is is to get everybody ready by mid-September rather than mid-August. You know. Well, interestingly, Gav, you, you say that because by the time we, this podcast will be, will be out there, we'll have published a story with Ronald effectively saying the same thing. Yeah. I asked him yesterday, I said, look, on the eve of the new season, what are your expectations for the team and where we'll finish? And he said, basically, I'd like to answer that, but come back to me on September the 1st and I'll tell you because we'll have a Noma squad and we'll have a better idea of what I think is possible. And... If you look at Southampton's start last season, where he's had a similar situation where he did a few deals late on, lost players again, you know, uncertainty over his squad. Out of the first six games, he only got six points. Mm. Now, that's a pretty sluggish start, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And I'm not saying we need to be braced for that, but I think yeah. if you look at what happened after that and the way they finished, once he gets the players in and his methods and he works week to week, you would hope that Everton are going to be a team like Sands that are going to build momentum. One yeah. thing, one important thing I'd like to touch on is you know, fans, like obviously they want signings and whatnot. I think they've got to remain patient mm. with this. They've got to because this isn't going to happen overnight. It's, it totally transformed the way Everton are going to play. It's the total opposite of to what we have been playing like in the previous manager. It's it's not possessive, base, slow, sluggish football. It's in your face, it's intensity, it's everything that you want. So it's it's the total opposite of what we're used to, and the fans are going to have to be patient. If we have to, if we get beat tomorrow and we go on a run of, as we, I just touched on Phil with Southampton last season, if they got if Everton gets six points in the first six games, so what? In the long run, it will be better. But you've got to be patient. Everton fans have got to be patient on this one. Yeah. And Gav, they're too nice, aren't they? Everton. He said that. This I was week, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thing that. Uh, from somebody's too nice himself, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, seriously, um, 
can you change somebody from being too nice to being horrible? That was my first thought. Yeah, you, you replace them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's it. Just, that's, that's, that's the nature of the It's a bit yeah. like you can't, you know, couldn't make Peter Reid start playing, you know, fancy damn football mm. and being nice on the pitch. You are what you are, aren't you, mm. in any job? And um, that was that was maybe more a telling comment more to me than the, the 70% fitness thing. Um, he's obviously coming in. And, and this one of the reasons why there's probably been less movement than expected in the transfer market. He's taken a long time looking at what, what he's got, hasn't he? And it's only like now that he wants to start changing mm. things. And that's where he's come up with the fitness around the, the, the being too nice thing. He's obviously, that's what he generally feels. Then. I think he's, he's making sure the players know who's boss here by these comments. I think a manager well, he's knows just being that anyway. honest anyway. I think we have to recalibrate, yeah. don't we? Because we used to Roberto being ultra positive all the time, and when somebody comes out and is on the eve of the new season, when everybody's you know trying mm. to get excited up for a big game against Spurs, and he goes, "We're not ready." People are going, "Whoa, what's yeah. this all about? What's going on?" See, if you were to, if a player, if the Everton players have heard Ronald Koeman's press conference and they've said. Everton players too nice and they're not match fit. If you're a player, <laughs> you're gonna go hell for leather tomorrow well, and prove him wrong. You'll either go one or two ways, yeah. won't you? you we'll can... see that tomorrow. Yeah. You'll see the characters will come to the fore and they'll be right. I am I'm gonna show you. Yeah. Or you'll see some people disappear in that game. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to retain your discipline though, haven't you? Definitely. You know what I mean? You've got to play. Especially the rest, got... Gav. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New rules. You've got You've got to play the game in front of you, have you? Not, not be conscious in your own mind about, oh, I've got to impress the manager here, he's saying I'm too nice or I'm not fit, you know, and just focus. You've got to play the game that's in front of you. And that's, that's the thing about tomorrow, isn't it? I mean, because I think Spurs are intriguing first-day opponents for me because the being said to see how they react to their tail-end woes from last season, whether that's still psychologically still still around the club, well, sorry around to the players. interject on that, Gav, and I'll let you pick that back up, because interestingly, today or overnight, Maurizio Pochettino gave an interview, which was his quote, we thought uh, Koeman was being ultra-honest. Yeah. Pochettino said, after their capitulation on the final day last season, Newcastle got beat 5-1, and then I think a performance in Australia or something, I think they yeah. were pretty poor. He, he said, we're an honest group and we're honest with each other, and I told them that I wanted to kill them. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he said. And, you know, so interestingly, sorry, Gav, carry on, mate, but is he gonna is he trying the same thing as Ronald? Is he trying to get a reaction? You know, is this gonna make it even harder for Everton tomorrow? Or easier. Depends how the day their players react mm. to that, isn't it? Don't you know, forget we're at home here tomorrow. Yeah. If if Everton get an early goal tomorrow, the crowd's up for it. You can see a couple of Tottenham players going into the shells there. I, I can see that one. Yeah. And them, them comments that Pochettino's made, they'll be just long in the memory then, if Everton can get an early well, goal. Well, Spurs will look at it the other way, won't they? Like, I saw one newspaper saying Everton are there for the taking mm, this morning. Um, so it's, it's whether your glasses are full or half empty, isn't it? What's really? your big prediction then for tomorrow then, Gav? That's a bit early. <laughs> what I would say is we've drawn our last three, uh, three opening day games, two all, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. And the last time we played Tottenham on the opening day? Today was 2 all. yeah. And uh, having said that, we've had eight goalless draws against them. It's the most goalless draws in the Premier League, isn't it? It's always a tight yeah. fixture. Yeah. yeah, I think if you have a look, I don't think nobody ever scores more than two. I think it's 12 years since somebody scored three at Goodison in the, uh, and in that, the fixture. And that kind of, I've no doubt be proved horribly wrong because I always am, but that's why I can't shake the belief that he'll go 3-5-2 and do what he did at Old Trafford and go, look, we're not ready... 
So we're going to make it like so difficult for you to beat us. We'll go. You'll be happy with a nil-nil. Three-five-two. Was that a five at the back? Well, yeah, isn't it? It's it's Bainesy. Oh, don't go too high. Just, <laughs> yeah. just drop it. You know? Yeah. Um, do you want me for prediction for tomorrow? Go ahead, then. Go. I, I've got to go. Well, we went two all and nil nil. I'll go for one all in between the uh, the two. One all. Go on, so. I think we'll win two one. I like that positivity. I think they'll score an early goal, and the crowds will be up for it. Really do. New manager, couple of new players, new regime, new kits, new everything. So I think I think the the players will as Phil touched on there, they'll be looking to prove the manager wrong yeah. by saying about the fitness and how to, how nice they are. They'll go the shoulder opposite and get into Tottenham's faces straight from the off. Do, do you want me to uh, do you want me to put the real knockers on tomorrow? <laughs> go on then. Go on, Gav. <laughs> no no ever managers lost their first game in Seattle since nineteen seventy three. No manager. Yeah, no ever. And I don't think he yeah. will because I'm gonna go yeah. really boring and think it'd be nil nil. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I, yeah. And I think and I think if we're being honest, would we be satisfied with the point? Absolutely, but against Spurs at home, I think you've got to be satisfied. With Seventy percent fit, we'll take that. We? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We will be hundred percent fit again next week with Greg O'Keefe back in the uh, in the hot seat. So, thanks for listening, and uh, keep with the Liverpool Echo for all the best news and analysis.